With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Halfway to a sweep in the NBA Finals. The El Prediction, all all predictions, all experts, uh, well, not all, but there were some dopes that picked the uh, the Cavaliers, but most agreed that the Warriors clearly the better team, and that was on display in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, a 33-point effort by Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, 26. The Cleveland Cadavers playing like the Cadavers, and the Warriors are up 2-0 in the finals and on their way, well on their way, to another NBA championship, which will be the third and fourth year uh, in four years, which will be, oh, my God, so exciting. Uh, so uh, the uh, the story here is really a lopsided game, although it wasn't lopsided for three and a half quarters. The full throttle happened late. So what are the big takeaways from Game 2 of the NBA Finals? Now, my thoughts on this, you've got arm's length, the butter knife, and epic. All right? And we'll tie all this together. Number one, it was not a masterpiece by Golden State. Although some laying it out as a masterpiece, Steph Curry didn't shoot the ball all that well for the first eh, 36 minutes or so of the game. And you you look for the Warriors to, to hit the turbo time button. They didn't really do it until late in the game. The full onslaught against Cleveland didn't happen for the first three quarters of the game. And yet, despite that, the Warriors have a 2-0 lead, and they're on their way in the NBA Finals. In, in the game that Golden State shot 
lights out early. Again, they were shooting 65% the first part of the game, and they only had an 11-point lead at halftime. The secondary attack did not take place until the late stages. The Warriors and the Cavs were side-by-side. Now, the Warriors did keep the Cavs at arm's length. If you saw the game, you know what I'm talking about, for roughly 43 of the 48 minutes. And they ended up, at the very end there, going kaboom. Uh, at the at the end, and you know Stephen Curry in Game Two, the first three quarters he had 17 points. He took 18 shots. I, I'm seeing all these wonderful, heartfelt stories that are being spewed out on the interweb celebrating Steph Curry. But for three quarters, he had 17 points on 18 shots. He took 12 three-point shots. He made four of them. Now it is correct in the fourth quarter, uh, he was good. He had 16 points on eight shots, five of five from three-point range. But let's not pretend like the first three quarters of the the game that Steph Curry was lights out. He wasn't, and he's being celebrated and trumpeted for breaking Ray Allen's single-game finals record of three-pointers, and he also passed LeBron on the all-time list. And, uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, but I, I didn't think it was an overwhelmingly dominating performance. Did you think it was an overwhelmingly dominating performance by Steph Curry? I didn't think that. I mean, the Cavs suck. It's an embarrassment. It's a disgrace. Every time I look at the Cavs, I, I'm disgusted with the Celtics. I'm disgusted with the Pacers that we have to watch this dreck in the NBA Finals, the Cavaliers. It's embarrassing. Steph Curry made nine three-point shots. The entire Cavalier team, the Cadavers, made nine. That's your NBA Finals game two right there. Bump, bam, done. Nine for Steph Curry, three-point shots. The entire Cavs team had nine. Now, the second part of this, as we discussed game two of the NBA Finals, Golden State, did they make some adjustments? Sure. Was it obvious that they, the, the primary effort by the Golden State Warriors was to at least make LeBron run around more and have some sweat going down his forehead and that disgusting blood clot eye that he has, that, that horror show of a face LeBron brought out there with his beautiful purse. Uh, I mean, a beautiful purse, but the face, my God. And so, sure enough, Golden State they were they forced LeBron to spread the spread the love around, and he ended up with 13 assists. And the strategy was the the benefit of Golden State, right? Because if LeBron's not shooting the ball all the time, then stiffs like George Hill and Kevin Love and shout out J.R. Smith, Kristen Kardashian, they're all shooting the ball instead of LeBron. And and you you can't help but watch this matchup and have the same thought you had prior to the matchup when you were looking at what was going to happen after two games. Two games of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors come at you with a samurai sword. The Cavaliers, they retaliate with a very dull butter knife. That's the matchup. You got one person with a samurai sword, the other one holding a dull butter knife, and wait, but wait, a plastic dull butter knife. Not even a metal one. A plastic dull butter knife. That's the Cavaliers right there. That's it. In Cleveland, they didn't play with the same enthusiasm and gusto they had in game one, and, and all the credit for that goes to J.R. Smith, who literally sucked the air out of the Cavaliers' Balloon, right? Cleveland, they've got a plodding offense compared to the Golden State attack. And Golden State really hasn't been in full throttle mode the first couple games of the NBA Finals. But compared to what Cleveland does, it's a night and day situation. Now, the last thing here, after the drama of game run, one, the mellow drama of 
J.R. Smith and all of that at the end of the game and him lying and LeBron lying and all these guys. You know, the only one that was honest was Ty Lue. Uh, you had LeBron grab his man purse and walk out of the press conference storming off. I mean, all these stupid, dopey things that happened. Uh, th- this was none of that. This was none of that. It was an epic mismatch. The, the Warriors led uh, lead the finals now to a third straight year heading into Cleveland. They've outscored the Cavaliers, Golden State has, by 29 points in the first two games of the NBA Finals. They're two wins away from that third championship in four years, and yet you have some dopes, well, it's, it's going to be different now. It's going to be different going back to Cleveland and all. Really? How is it going to be different? I, I understand that the officiating will be an obstacle and a roadblock, and that's traditionally how the NBA has done it. Their nefarious ways here that, uh, amazingly, all the calls seem to go to the home team down two games in the NBA Finals. But even with that, I mean, it's just stunning how lopsided from a talent standpoint this is. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad, and it's been as bad as you expected, which makes it all the more shocking that Cleveland had a chance to win the game in Game 1 considering the clear talent disparity. All right, let's hear from some of the combatants here. Ty Lue the head coach who's battling anxiety there, and this is not going to help his condition, the coach of the Cavaliers, and uh, the goal with Steph Curry. What is the goal there? Explain the goal. I'm sure you have it all figured out because you're not really coaching the team LeBron is. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he makes tough shots. That's what he does. And um, even switching to pick and roll, you know, having a five-man guarding him, you know, he makes a move, you get a good contest. But once he releases it and he sees the basket, you know, he's going to make tough shots. That's what he does. That's what he does. And you, of course, have nobody that can do that uh, for the most part. Right, here's uh, LeBron James. Now, nobody plays the woe is me card better than LeBron James. Can we all agree on that? Like in the history of the NBA, if you were to say who is the woe is me guy, it is the victim mentality is LeBron James. Right? He's got this, the world's out to get him. There's this persecution complex, and it's against LeBron James. And he was at it again at the dais after the... Cavaliers' latest NBA Finals loss, and LeBron laying it on thick. It's the world against LeBron. The odds been against me since, I don't know, since I was five, six years old. <laughs> you know, we're talking about basketball here. You know, I put our, our team in position uh, to try to win a championship, to compete for a championship. You know, it's my job to make sure that we're as, as focused, as laser-focused as possible. <laughs> yes, the... LeBron, who won the genetic lottery, the odds have been against him since the age of five. <laughs> the odds have been against him. Play that again. Is this the definition of the victim mentality by LeBron James? I mean, this is everything I hate. I mean, I can't stand it. But listen to this. The odds have been against me since, I don't know, since I was five, six years old. <laughs> you know, we're talking about basketball here. You know, I put our, our team in position uh, to try to win a championship, to compete for a championship. You know, it's my job to make sure that we're as, as focused, as laser-focused as possible. Choo-choo. Hey, LeBron's the conductor of the pity train, right? He's the conductor of the pity train. It just derailed at the interception of suck it up, LeBron, and move on. How about that? <laughs> it's, just, it's just great. Oh, everything's against me. The world's out to get me. Oh, what a nightmare. Oh, it's going to be fun when they lose, though. At least at least they're going to lose. Uh, that'll be good. And then LeBron will get on the dais and he'll talk about, well, I've got my family that loves me and I've got a quarter of a billion dollars and I'll go make some crappy Hollywood movies and uh, good night. I'm out of here. All right, here's more from uh, Mr. Pouty Face him, himself, LeBron James. 
Uh, LeBron, you've got to be very happy. You're used to losing in the finals. Next to Jerry West, you're the greatest loser in NBA Finals history, so you've got to be used to it by now, yes? I mean, it sucks oh. to lose. It sucks when you oh. go out there and you okay. give it everything that you have and yeah. you know you prep you know your mind is in it and your body is in it um and you come out on a losing end but nothing would ever take the love of the game away from me i think the competition is something i live for something i wake up every day and train my body for and train my mind for love of the game it's like a bad hollywood movie there itself uh, all right uh, very good we will take your phone calls you would like to talk about anything that happened in game two you're more then welcome the and we will uh, we will have full in depth team coverage later in hour number three, one of the great scandals uncovered in American sport and the mainstream media which is in the tank with this guy completely ignored it, but we will not ignore it here through the cover of darkness we will a- be able to dance on the grave of the fallen Peyton Manning what a scumbag Peyton Manning is and if you had any doubt about it if you had any questions about what a loser. Peyton Manning, what a liar Peyton Manning is. Over the weekend, uh, new details coming out. What a, How could anybody have a Peyton Manning jersey? How could you support this guy? What a scumbag. There's a lot of people that supported Peyton Manning that I guess they didn't realize what kind of dirtbag Peyton Manning was. But it's all come out, and we will have a, a complete coverage in hour number three. We'll have in-depth team coverage. We look forward to that. But we'll take your calls now about the NBA Finals up until then. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. You can be part of all this. And we say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia, who's right over there. Have the odds been against you since you were five years old, Eddie? Have the odds been against you like they're against LeBron James? Oh, yeah. Oh, I have the yeah. things I've overcome to it's be here on this microphone. It's just uh, it's unbelievable. Living yeah. the dream. Absolutely. Yes. Of course, we should. The mean streets of uh, Porterville, California. What we should overlook the fact that LeBron drove a uh, BMW in high school. We should overlook that. Was it a Hummer? I forget. I forget. Well, we all, I mean, we all did that. I yes. Mean, come on. Absolutely. Clearly. But the, the things are stacked against him. I don't know. I've, I feel so bad for LeBron. How does he get out of bed in the morning? It's shocking. It's, he's a he's a testament to us all. I mean, yeah. if LeBron can do it, then you know. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's very tough. Inspiration for all mankind. It is not easy when you're six nine and two hundred and seventy pounds to play basketball at a high level. It's uh, it's I mean, it's really just stunning that he's been able to do it. Uh, and I'm so happy for LeBron. I'm so excited that he was able to do it and overcome the odds. It's just stunning. Uh, it really is. I, I would agree with you for what it's worth that uh, I, I, you know, Golden State has not been. I don't think at their best. Uh, but you know, LeBron scores fifty-one in Game One, and Cleveland still can't win. And they actually outscored Golden State in the third quarter of Game Two, which is it seems like it's always the quarter that where Golden State actually puts teams away or has the big run to get them to win, and they and Cleveland still can't win. So. I don't know. I mean, I know they go back home, and usually, uh, you know, you get a bump from that. But uh, I, I, like I, like you said, I, I don't think Golden State has played their best yeah, game yet. Yeah. They don't have to. No, you're Cleveland, right. They don't have Cleveland's to. Cleveland's such a bunch of pushovers. This is such a feeble opponent, such a mismatch. This is easy pickings for the Golden State Warriors is what it is. And and when they play like you – know, they didn't even play that bad in game one, but they gave Cleveland an opportunity at the end. And the Cavs, you know, it turns out to be amateur hour 
at the end with J.R. Smith at the end of that particular game. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two games into the NBA championship round, and the Golden State Warriors have outscored the Cleveland Cavaliers by 29 points, taking them behind the, the woodshed there and kicking their ass late stages of the fourth quarter. In the game on Sunday night. So the Warriors win 122-103 to 103 after blowing that opportunity in game one of the finals. The Cavaliers, no match for the Warriors. Now, they were in the game. They were in the game. They had a chance mathematically. And I'm not just using Maller math. I'm using the real numbers in the game. They were within striking distance. It was for most of the game right around a two-score situation, meaning two three-point shots. Golden State, though, did lead from start to finish, and they eventually, with about five minutes to go in the game, the Warriors decided, we've had enough of this, we're going to drop the guillotine on Cleveland, and uh, there you go, they were beheaded. The Cavaliers, as the Warriors are up 2-0, and the Cleveland Cavaliers would have to win four of the next five games to win the NBA championship this year. seems very likely that that's going to happen. This ragtag band of losers from Cleveland. And I want to repeat, when I watch the Cavaliers play in the NBA Finals, I'm disgusted at the Celtics. I'm disgusted at the Pacers. I'm not disgusted at Toronto because they're gutless. They're spineless, the Toronto Raptors. But Indiana and Boston had Cleveland on the ropes, and they gave those series away. Unforgivable. Wouldn't it be much more exciting? Like Boston, the Celtic team that was assembled, that played in the postseason, against Golden State, this series would be tied 1-1, but we're not there because the Celtics played like a bunch of dogs in Game 7 on their home court. But let's stay focused. Let's stay focused on this game. And rather than serenade you with all kinds of platitudes about the Golden State Warriors, because I'm not here to do that. That's not how I roll. Instead, let's focus in here on the Cavaliers. Now, LeBron James had 29 points, 13 assists, 9 rebounds, and 5 turnovers. Kevin Love, 22 and 10. It was not it was not a situation where you watched the game and thought, well, the Cavaliers are actually going to win this game. At least I didn't. Now, I'm not wearing Cavalier gear. Maybe you are. And it is true. As I said, the Cavaliers were within striking distance, but you never got the feeling that it was going to be their particular day. And last I checked, and maybe I'm wrong on this. I know the rules have changed now. We live in new times here in 2018. But being close is not good enough, right? You get an attaboy, pat on the back, extra orange slices that you were close, nice big participation award for being in the game if you're Cleveland at this point because that's all they've got. And they got nothing else to show for it. They were in the game, both games for most of the game. They were in it. Now, it sounds silly to say that considering the margin was 19 points by the time it ended. But let's talk about it. The question here and this will be the focus, for the next 48 hours because there is no game action until Wednesday in the NBA Finals. They take a couple days break because, you know, you don't want to work too hard. You don't want to exert too much energy in the NBA Finals. No, no, no. So they will have a sabbatical. They'll go on furlough, and they'll be back at it on Wednesday in northern Ohio. But here's the question. What adjustments... Should the Cavaliers make, not will they make, but should they make before game three? I've heard all kinds of 
fanatical overreactions, people suffering post-traumatic stress disorder, coming up with all kinds of ridiculous plans here to fix this basketball catastrophe for the Cavaliers. Now, my perspective on this, you've got, I'm going to keep it very simple. I'm going to keep it in NBA modern parlance, all right? You've got whistle therapy, the Goonies, and divine intervention. Whistle therapy, the Goonies, and divine intervention. We'll link all this together like Legos. A, and we'll begin with this, some are calling for J.R. Smith to be benched. I've heard some chatter that Rodney Hood needs to be dusted off, and they got to open the coffin that Rodney Hood's in and bring him back. And let me tell you right now, if you think that Rodney Hood is the answer for the Cleveland Cavaliers, then you have, you've got nightmares worse than I I can't treat you for that. All right? You've got stress. You've got anxiety, despair, all of that. Rodney Hood is the problem. He ain't the answer. So stop with Rodney Hood, please. The man just admitted he's so off his rocker that he's going to YouTube clips of earlier this year with the Jazz to remind himself that he used to know how to dribble a basketball and shoot. And that's the guy the Cavaliers are supposed to turn over, uh, turn over the reins to? My ass! you got to be kidding me. All right, now stay focused. Not Rodney Hood is not the guy. The ca- Here's the deal. The Cavs are stuck with this band of losers. Now, I do expect J.R. Smith, the space cadet, to play better. I expect him to play a lot better at home. Kyle Korver will also make it rain money balls at home. Secondary players traditionally have done much better with home cooking, and that should be the case here for Cleveland. We saw J.R. Smith against the Celtics in the Eastern Finals. Not that he ever knew what the score was, but J.R. Smith in that particular series, as an example, was much more effective, much more efficient on the home court. He was a a thief in the night playing in Boston. But the most important thing, if you talk about adjustments the Cavaliers are going to make here, is what I like to call whistle, whistle therapy. Whistle therapy is the key here. All right, now what do I mean by that? The Warriors are going to be facing a situation where they are shorthanded. You know how in hockey you get a guy in the penalty box and it's five against four, or you're two guys in the penalty box, it's five on three. Well, in basketball, you don't have the penalty box, but you have the next best thing. Cleveland's going to have extra guys on the court. They're going to be wearing the official mandated NBA referee uniform. It is one of the great evening factors that you can have, right? You look at the playbook of the NBA. They've done this for many, many generations in the NBA. It's just shocking how this works. And B, the, this, the Cavaliers going home in and of itself, who cares, right? But when you factor in the referee element in this, and don't tell me that it's not a factor here, the 50-50 calls, the subjective calls will go to who? Golden State or Cleveland? I'm going to say they're going, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say they're going to go to Cleveland. And really what we're talking about is mainly early in the game. It's kind of like when you're teaching a kid how to ride a bike and you know, they need that little push to get them going, right? A little scare, they're holding on to you. You got to give them a little push. Well, the referees at the nerve center in the NBA will give Cleveland that little extra push in game three of the finals on Wednesday night. Is that going to be enough? It might not be. 
It's going to take more than that to get Cleveland into this series. Golden State has a stronghold after two games of the NBA Finals, but the the Cavaliers are going to be the benefactor of getting that. Now, the other option, you look at this and and, and look at what Cleveland can do here because they're stuck with the players they have. While some are calling for Rodney Hood, I say no. If I I would be much more, much more likely to throw Kendrick Perkins into the lineup. And why would I play Kendrick Perkins? What what good? He can't play basketball, right? He's a bum as a basketball player. So why would I play Kendrick Perkins if I'm Coach LeBron James and the Cavaliers? Why would I do that? Because at this point, you've got to turn to the Goonies, right? You have to be better. At being the agitator, you have to be better at being the instigator. And who better than Kendrick Perkins, who didn't even play in the game last night, but he got into it with Steph Curry. There was that play right on the baseline where Curry ended up on the Cavs bench. He got all jumbled up there. It was a messy, cluttered, chaotic situation. And it was Kendrick Perkins, who even in a suit, attempted to be the agitator. How did that work? Uh, Not so good. Because Steph Curry, before he got into it with Kendrick Perkins, was 6 of 20 from the floor, shooting 30%, 4 of 12 from three-point range. After that, he was 5 of 6 after he got into it with Kendrick Perkins for 16 points. Nevertheless, one thing, I'm very stubborn. If you listen to this show, you'll know that about me. It's It's a positive. I would go back to that. I would go back to the Goonies. I would get the agitator, the instigator out there, try to get under the skin of Kevin Durant, even more than Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry seems like the kind of guy that's got, he's got more of rhino skin. Kevin Durant's uh, Mr. Softy. You can get under his skin. You can hit Kevin Durant's buttons. You can get a reaction out of Kevin Durant. Put the pressure on Durant. You get him off his game a little bit. And we know Draymond Green, while he is into the histrionics and and all of that, the body language of Draymond Green, he also can become disorganized, right? He, he can get involved in that, and then he's off his game. He gets a couple of technical fouls. He could get ejected from the game. So this is the strategy. I mean, this is my opportunity to give back, to help the Cavaliers out. Because I, I don't want them to win. I hope they lose. I know they're going to lose. But if I was running the Cavaliers, these are the things I would do. I would take advantage of the whistle therapy. I would put... Kendrick Perkins back in. I'd have him play about five minutes. He'd pick up six fouls. He'd foul out. He'd get under the skin of Durant. He'd annoy him. I could see him getting under the skin of Draymond Green. Get those guys going off a little bit. And then all of a sudden, voila, abracadabra, you got a different situation. Now, the parting shot on this, realistically speaking, outside of a major snafu, outside of a major snafu here, there is no drama remaining in the NBA Finals. Now, there are some campaigning. I'm going to talk more about this later, but there's some campaigning to see LeBron James be the MVP. That is absurd. He's not. He should not be the MVP. Now, we do live in a world where stat stuffing is rewarded, and we saw in Oklahoma City a couple years ago, Russell Westbrook was rewarded for stat stuffing, and one of the great embarrassments in the history of basketball was given the MVP award. So there's a chance LeBron's going to win it. He shouldn't win it. Uh, but there's there's no reason if you're Golden State for concern or for increased anxiety here, even going to Cleveland, because outside of some kind of divine intervention, which is, again, the Maller plan, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, 
and Kevin Durant all running into each other at full speed, okay, outside of that disorder, then Cleveland's got, they got no shot, right? But, yeah, that's right. It's like the, the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland, right? The, 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 the real cliffhanger is going to be in the offseason when LeBron James and his man purse decide whether or not he's going to leave Northern Ohio, and then that, that'll be the real the real fun. All right, Who is that, Shirley? No, it's LeBron James. All right, let's hear from some of the combatants here. Uh, here is Ty Lu, Ty Lu, and uh, J.R. Smith. Mention him, J.R. Smith, uh, not only a basketball player, terrible yet again. Here's Ty Lu. You'll hear the question and the answer about the mental state of the space cadet. Do you think what happened affected him or, or you know, what the crowd was chant, you know, gave him a standing O, any of that stuff? <laughs> I don't think so. You know? Don't too much affect JR. Um, he missed shots. You know, he had some, some good looks um, he didn't make. But, you know, throughout the course of the game, I don't think he really got shots in a row to kind of get into a rhythm. So that was kind of tough on him. But, you know, we have confidence in JR, and he just got to continue to keep taking his shots. How about that question, though? You hear, I, want, I just want to hear the question. Is that a horrible question? Did you hear this is a, a reporter assigned to cover the NBA finals. I don't know who this is, but listen listen to this question. Do you think what happened affected him or, or you know what the crowd was chant, you know, gave him a standing what? no any of that <laughs> stuff? What the hell what the hell was that? What the I mean my god, that was terrible. Do better. <laughs> Do better, all right? I mean that's embarrassing. Uh, let's hear from J.R. Smith. J.R., I'm sure you were very satisfied with your performance. Is that correct, J.R. Smith? Terrible. I got to shoot the ball better. I got to oh. defend better. Right. Um, be more vocal in defense. Really? Terrible. Man. Right. Do you know what the score was, J.R.? You know. All right. Uh, <laughs> do you know who won the game? Uh, here's one more from J.R. Uh, the fans were razzing you. They were cheering you. They were having a good time. Your thoughts on the Warrior fans? I'm always a person who uh, who the fans like to talk to or heckle or whatever, so I like it. I'd rather them do that than not acknowledge me at all, so uh, I appreciate it. JR took some tranquilizers before that interview, and uh, we were able to wake him up. He was on barbiturates, but somehow we were able to... <laughs> Did it sound like he was he just woken up from a nice long nap? <laughs> Play that again. It's like he's in a trance-like state while he's uh, talking to the reporters here. Listen. I'm always a person who uh, who the fans like to talk to or heckle or whatever, so I like it. I'd rather them do that than not acknowledge me at all, so uh, I appreciate it. So that's how he sounds on Thanksgiving after he's eating a bunch of turkey with a tryptophan, you know, that leftover turkey after Thanksgiving. All right, it's Ben Maller's show on Fox. If you would like to talk about any of this, you're more than welcome. 877-99 on Fox. And we say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia, right over there. I can't believe you you brought up Kendrick Perkins. I was gonna that was gonna be my my hot take that Kendrick ah, Perkins. Ah, Goonies! Ah, great minds think alike. <sighs> Put the I've never seen in there. I've never seen a guy in a suit who doesn't play get more attention than Kendrick Perkins. But I will say this: uh, I feel as far as bench etiquette, it's a lot like a foul ball. In baseball, right? If it's uh, in the seats and the fans are there, then they have a right to go after the baseball. They, they shouldn't reach over into the field of play. Same thing with Steph Curry. If he's going to stumble into the bench, you don't have to move out of the way. You just got to sit there. You're, you have your right to your seat on the bench. If you're Kendrick Perkins, you don't have to like jump out of the way and jump over a chair and move out of the way. You're sitting there. 
He comes, another team, uh, a player on the other team falls into you. You yeah. just stand your ground. You're not supposed to do him any favors. Well, and, and here's the thing about Kendrick Perkins. Like some of the some of the dopey mainstream basketball guys are like, well, Kendrick Perkins helped win the game for the Warriors. No, he didn't. The Warriors were going to win whether Kevin, uh, whether uh, Steph Curry stepped into the bench and Kendrick Perkins got in, in Curry's face or not. Now, you could say the margin of victory was larger and that Golden State would have only won by, I don't know, eight or nine points instead of uh, 19 points, which is a different conversation. But, yeah, I... I got no problem with it, but this is if you're the underdog, which is what Cleveland is, you got to go to mercenary basketball. You've got to bring in the hired guns there, and and this is what they have to do. This is the the opportunity the Cavaliers have, especially at home. The crowd will be going nuts there in Cleveland. Not that I think that matters all that much, but uh, that's what you got to do. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Throwing a challenge flag right now. Here we go. It's third degree time to coop the loop. Ben, over the weekend, Tyrod Taylor told the media that he thought he had done, quote, more than enough to stick around in Buffalo. Yeah. Did he? Oh, absolutely not. Listen, the, the Bills were so fed up with Tyrod Taylor that Peterman got an opportunity to play last year, and he wasn't ready to play. Listen, Ty- Tyrod Ta- Nathan Peterman, Tyrod Taylor's passing yards, his touchdowns, his yards per attempt have all gone down each of the three years that he has started in Buffalo. He has gotten worse the more that he has played. And it's not like Taylor's anything more than a mediocre quarterback. The Bills want better. Now, the debate here is whether or not the Bills got better. It certainly doesn't look like Josh Allen is going to be better, but they're trying. And B, for all the noise that's out there and all the the people say, well, Taylor got screwed, these are people with the untrained eye. Taylor to the simpleton looked good, but when you peel back the curtain, you see the damage that had been done and that Taylor averaged – 3.6 3.6 yards per pass in that playoff game against Jacksonville. He had a 44.2 quarterback rating. Whoop-de-damn-do. Taylor is lucky that he was given three years in Buffalo, and he's even more lucky that he found a spot in the NFL where at least for a couple of games at the beginning of the 2018 season, he'll be the starting quarterback in Cleveland. Granted, he's going to be a placeholder for the Browns until Baker Mayfield takes over. But no, he didn't do more than enough to stick around in Buffalo. Next! Now, it was uh, reported that Jason Kidd interviewed for the open head coaching job in Detroit. Ben, do you think Jason Kidd will get another head coaching job in the league, let alone this one? Well, he's not going to get the Pistons job, but he will be a head coach again, Jason Kidd, in the NBA. Number one, Kidd is now part of the good old boys network. He is in that fraternity, right? He's in the group of recycled coaches that get to play musical chairs. There's only 30 jobs to go around, and Jason Kidd is now on that short list, and he will be interviewed for every one of these jobs that opens up. And, and now, now, should Jason Kidd be on the list? Does Jason Kidd's record warrant being on that list in the good old boys club in the NBA? That is a different conversation. Jason Kidd has a losing record. Five years as an NBA coach, one with the Nets and then the other four in Milwaukee. And number two, listen, the Pistons have right now systematic dysfunction and incompetence. Stan Van Gundy 
is not a great coach, but he's a competent coach. And I've seen the list of coaches that have been spun out there for the Detroit Pistons, and most of the names on that list that the Detroit Pistons are considering would be a downgrade from Stan Van Gundy. So think about that. I don't know what the hell they're thinking there in Detroit. They got to get something out of Blake Griffin, though. They traded a, a whole bunch to get him. They got to get something out of Griffin and Andre Drummond. Next. And Clayton Kershaw came off the disabled list only to go right back on it. Dodgers put him on there. He's expected to be there for a couple of months. This is the, uh, I believe it's the third time that he has gone on the disabled list because of a back injury. Ben, is this the beginning of the end for Clayton Kershaw? Well, no. He's, oh, is he 30 years old? It's not the beginning of the end. The guy's 30 years old. Listen, it's a bump in the road, and it's a crossroad situation for Clayton Kershaw. And ultimately, here's the deal. It's up to Clayton Kershaw what he wants to make of this. Man, he, he has made more money than you know what to do with. He's set for life. How much does he want it? Does he want to keep going? Does he want to put the work in? Does he want to reinvent himself? And contractually, he's not going anywhere. All right, this is an albatross for the Dodgers if Kershaw can't pitch. He's got a player option in his contract. He would be a fool to take that player option. So the Dodgers are going to be contractually obligated to pay Kershaw. They're going to pay him $70 million, $35 million a year through 2020. He's going to opt in that contract. So the Dodgers have to figure this out, and, and Kershaw's got to figure it out. Right? Clayton Kershaw is going to have to figure out how to pitch without overpowering velocity, assuming that doesn't come back. If the velocity is down, there are other ways. I know it's going to be shocking. There are other ways to pitch. You can get major league hitters out with deception. You can do it. The art of pitching. You can paint the corners, right? Change speeds. All of that, and Kershaw's going to have to figure out how to do that. And if not, then they're just going to have to sit him on the disabled list and bury him and not pitch him if he can't figure out how to get guys out without throwing 95 miles an hour. All right, there it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do? Ben, you passed this edition. That is a winner! Woo! All right, time now for the Instant Trivia. We'll also go all in. Here's the Instant Trivia. We'll go to the NFL. And going back since 1990, Blank is the only NFL rookie head coach since that year, 1990, to take over a team that had a winning record and improve its record by two or more games. Again, Blank is the only NFL rookie head coach since 1990 to take over a team that had a 500 or better record and improve that team by two or more games. That's the Insta Trivia. The answer next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for ten whole seconds. And if you don't like it, you. And away we go. It's the Insta Advice Line unscreen radio. The safety net is off. We give back advice to the athletes, the coaches, the people in sports that need it most. And it's, as I said, unscreened. So keep calling up, 877-99 on Fox. When you get a busy signal, try back. We'll get as many calls on the air as we can. Now, who needs our advice this week? Who needs the wisdom? Who? Of the Ben Maller Show listener. The best and the brightest. You talk about common sense, real world people. 
The people, let's be realistic. The people that listen to this show, this is the salt of the earth here. So these, the, these people that give their advice, this matters, right? I know some of you are skeptical about this. Don't be skeptical at all. These are rational people. They call up our show just like yourself. All right, so who needs our advice? Now, we could give advice to Cleveland being down 0-2 in the NBA Finals. We could give advice to LeBron James on how to dress better without his man purse and all that. But the person that needs our wisdom the most, the person that needs us to be impartial and objective and help them out is J.R. Smith, right? So let's help J.R. Smith. At least twice in his NBA career, he has forgotten the score of a game. So let's help J.R. Smith on how to remember the score of the game he's playing in. 877-99 on Fox gets you on the air. 877-996-6369. We'll start with you on line one. Hello, line one. Your advice to J.R. Smith, please. Um, 14-1. All right. Read the book. Thank you, Jesus! I'm so happy that John 316 guys changed his Bible verses because of my advice. Hello, line two. You're on the air. Please, line two. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. All right, thank you for that. Line two. Line three, you're on the air. Hello, go. We're 0 for 2. We go 0 for 3. We end the bit. Line four, you're on the air. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. America's doing skip the finals and watch the Stanley Cup finals. Go Cavs! You were talking too fast, sir. Line five, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith, the space cadet of the Cavaliers, on how to remember the score. Hello, line five. You broke it in my nose. Line six, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith. Go, line six. Let Bella think for him. Line one, you're on the air. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. I tell him if you run with dogs, you get fleas. Never heard that before. Line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice. This is really mushrooming into a wonderful thing, unless it's not. J.R. Smith, how can he remember the score? Hello, line two. Just call Shirley, man. Call Shirley. Shirley's got all the answers. Is that Shirley? Line three. Who is that, Shirley? No, line three. Hello. What, you want me to turn my brain off because i got a high basketball IQ? Uh, no, not at all. No, you've got a great... LeBron James. All right, line uh, three, that's you. Actually, line four, you're next. Advice to J.R. Smith on how to remember the score. Smoke some weed, eat some prunes, and have some good sex. Well, the first part of that, J.R., I feel like he's done very well in that department. He should be playing for the Trailblazers, if you know what I mean. All right, let's go you to you. really... Caca it up. Line five, you are on the air. Hello, line five. Uh, yes, Ben. I would look J.R. Smith square in the eye and say, You hang up on yourself, Ben Miller. You hang up on yourself, Ben Miller. I can feel like i jumping out of his seat as he says it. Like he's like, Ah! Line six, you're on the air. We're giving back to J.R. Smith of Cleveland. We're going to try to help him remember the score. All right. I think that he needs to hang up on himself. Line one, you're on the air. Go. Remember, Pat is wet. I didn't hear that, but that's probably better that way. Line two, you're on the air. Go. You can help me find my baseball. Yes, your, your baseball, if you go down First Street, turn left, you get to the pond. You go past the pond on the bridge, the two-lane bridge. You go past the, the bridge there. You make a left turn, a sharp left. You double back around. The ball's right there. 
Line three, you're on the air. Hello, line three. J.R. Smith having trouble on the road. It's Ben Maller. All right. It's not funny. <laughs> Says We've already heard that before. Line line four, you're on the air. Hello. The one with all the answers is Tom Looney. No, that's incorrect. Who? I said leave him out of this line. Oh, nothing. Line five, you're on the air. Hello, line five. What a Debbie Downer that is. $20. Yeah, well, okay. Line five, Hello. Problem with line five. Line six, you're on the air. This is unscreen radio. All the fireworks, all the pyrotechnics of unscreen radio. Kaboom, bang, roar, rumble, the whole thing. Hello, line six. All right, you suck, line six. Line one, you're on the air. Go. What the hell was that? Line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice to J.R. Smith. 877-99 on Fox as we pontificate together and bloviate the night away. Hello, line two. Ben, I love you. Ooh, you're banned from the show. How dare you? You're not allowed to call back. Line three, hello. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. The more you toot, the better you eat. <laughs> Very mature. Yes. Only the best and the brightest get through on the instant advice line. Line four, hello, that's you. You've been empowered, line four. You're on the air. Go. Become a Ban Wagner. Oh, look, you're quoting our friend from Maine. Look at that. All right, we'll do one more and only one more. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Koopa Loop here. Last call for J.R. Smith. Go ahead, Koopa Loop. Line six. Line number six. Line number six. Here we go. Line six, the last call for J.R. Smith. Advice on how he can remember the score. Line six. Give him Bella butt up. Oh, I see. You should. That's a bad job. You should pick line two. Line two, what was your advice, line two? Two hands, $20. There you go. See, that's better advice. There it is, the instant advice line, unscreened radio. And what if I told you? We'll move on. Uh, no gas. No gas. We'll get to that, and we will do it next. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.